final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew, Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. Hi, I'm Don Hall. I'm Don Smith. And this is I Like to Watch, yet another podcast about film. This is our sixth episode. The quick gist is uh, one of us will pick a film, a classic film that we really like to watch, and then we talk about that film, then we talk about movies that we think were derived or inspired by that film, and then we surprise each other with a couple of movie trailers of things that we're really looking forward to seeing in the coming months. And... Tonight's movie is 1979's Ridley Scott's Alien, the original, the number one. It's my pick. Solid Don Love this pick. fucking movie. We're, Love we're, this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, for sure. I mean, you know, and I know you like to read the synopsis. For me, the synopsis is the Nostromo, <laughs> which is a mining ship out in the middle of the galaxy uh, comprised of sort of a, a crew of hard-ass roughnecks. Um, you know, not not what you expect when you see a space movie in 1979. There's right. no pretty costumes. It's just steam and nastiness. And they get a they get woke up early from their trip. They go and uh, go and check out the planet. They end, end up having an alien creature that bleeds acid and kills all but one, and the one survivor is Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver. And that's, it's really, one of the things in my in my research that was fun was that uh, Ridley Scott cites three films as shaping, uh, the, the shaping influences on Alien. He said that the, the, he had Star Wars Episode Four and 2001 A Space Odyssey for their depiction of outer space and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for its treatment of horror. And from where I could, from what I can tell, this is—I I don't know if it was certainly the first. I, I'm sure it's not the first like space horror movie, but it is, in my opinion, the defining one. It's the one if you're going to say space horror, the first thing on your list is going to be Alien. Well, and it's funny, I, you know, in, in gearing up for this, and and I think I think you guys may have mentioned it on one of the literate eight podcasts maybe we mentioned it on on ours for halloween uh that year the the, the horror movie one is it a sci-fi movie is it a horror movie 
And that's what I love about this movie is, like, for me, it's 100% in the horror category. There are sci-fi elements, obviously, because it's, it's, it's set in that world of the future and space, etc. But uh, for me, this is, this is 100% a horror movie. So the fact that, that he cites uh, Texas Chainsaw as an inspiration is, is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, it, and this is another piece of research, I think, along those lines, sort of science fiction or, or horror, Dan O'Bannon, who was the writer, he was the guy who wrote right. Alien, Yep. Um, he had co-written and co-starred in John Carpenter's 1974 sci-fi comedy Dark Star, mm-hmm. a sci-fi comedy. When that film bombed, O'Bannon <laughs> decided it was easier to write something that would scare people than make them laugh, so he set to work on the script. Um, the original title, which I, this I think is very funny, the original title, uh, he was never happy with it, was Star Beast. Right, right, right. And then after rereading the script, he noted how many times the word alien appeared and realized, well, then that's what we're going to call it. And, and, and what I love is when it's one of the things, and this is something we haven't really talked a lot about. I love creative credit sequences. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of Fincher's sort of very interesting creative or like anything that's Spe- creative that says... Specifically, specifically the opening credits. Yeah, the right. opening credits. Yeah, the right, the right, opening right, credits, right, right, yeah. Right. When, when you've got something that's really interesting, I think The Matrix likes to play that game a little bit. Um, but what I really liked about this was, and I'd forgotten about this because I watched it uh, recently just to, to, to get ready for the, the podcast. And I thought it was really cool that, and I'd forgotten that... While you're seeing the cast list and the production list as it's going, it's it's just a shot of space. Mm-hmm. But up at the top are these just hash marks yeah. that slowly become the word alien. Right, right, so right. that by the time you get directed by Ridley Scott, you finally have the full title and then mm-hmm. you go right to the Nostromo. Interesting thing, and this is where I think it's very interesting in terms of the shot list, that he cites Star Wars as one of his influences mm-hmm. is that that opening shot while not a direct ripoff of the opening shot of star wars where it's sort of like the camera just goes underneath the, the scroll. thing and you see yeah right, well not right. the scroll the like it goes underneath the the the, the oh the Italian, ship the, yeah, yeah 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 you yeah. know and then it kind of comes out it kind of does that to the nostromo and mm-hmm. you kind of see this beat up fucking bulbous weird looking like city in the sky kind of uh thing and that's the nostromo um, well, and that's what I love just, about this yeah. too. Like, I mean, the inspiration of Star Wars, you know, the, of course, but um, the fact that it's basically space truckers. I mean, they're just they're yeah, they're blue, just, they're, they're one hundred percent blue collar people out there. Just um, what is it? Uh, 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 ships in the ocean, right? There are people who like yeah. go out specifically looking for shit that they could just claim as their own and drag yeah. it back and get the money, like. That's basically what this team of people does. Yeah, and, they're, they're mining. It's a mining thing. Yeah. Right, and and it's cool. Like the setup of this movie is really cool because, like, is 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 the warning? Well, is the, is the message that they're getting to their ship a warning to stay away or a distress call? Like, and they don't. It could know. go either yeah, way. I, they don't know. We don't know. Like, they don't know. Um, I I just I, I think it's an amazing amazing setup for a movie um just these people they they've been out in space for a really long fucking time they just want to get back um they're on their way back and then this thing happens where they get this distress call and it's like 
well, what do we do, right? And it's like, well, let's go make some extra money if we can haul this shit back, right? Let's yeah, go make well, some extra and money. Then, and yeah, fuck Cotto and Harry Dean Stanton are the two mm-hmm. guys that don't get a full share, and they spend. Right. This is the thing. I again, I things that you you forget because I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and I remember it just just it just blowing my mind um, because it was just so cool. Of course, the chest bursting scene is always mm-hmm, the one that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. well the couple of things that i noticed in watching it again is first of all you don't see a single alien you don't see a mention of an alien for 35 minutes right into this hour and a half movie no. and then the xenomorph the actual xenomorph and this is ridley scott did this on purpose because it was basically a dude in a rubber suit mm-hmm. he didn't want it to look like a dude in a rubber suit so sort of like spielberg did with jaws mm-hmm you only see parts of the xenomorph until it's time to see a big shot, but you never see the xenomorph full on because he, and it's because of that, you see it's a lot of dread, which is great for a jump scare movie. Right. Um, you know, another thing I totally forgot about, and you know, this has spawned so many sequels and so many things, and then you got Prometheus and all that stuff. I totally forgot about the giant dead space pilot. When they oh get on wow! The really? With the oh, eggs. oh shit! I, I, wow! I, I, you know, when I was watching, it, I went, "Holy shit!" I yeah. totally forgot about that, and that is so. You know, it's like they really did do a very nice job mining this film for subsequent films they made, and I thought that was I'd forgotten about the space pilot. Well, so. a lot of it too. I mean, you mentioned the Jaws thing, right? Like, which is interesting. I, I, I forget who said it, but somebody who was pitching it to the studio at at Fox basically said, "It's Jaws in space." Okay, I didn't know that. Which I, you know, I mean, perfect in a way. Yes, it's you know, um, um, the way that it mines certain things. You know, it's interesting watching shit like this in hindsight, right? Because what what were they thinking at the time? You know, and it's awesome to have all of these directors' commentaries and interviews and stuff. You know, thirty, forty, some years later. I, you know, I think they were just trying to make something really fucking cool. They were just yeah, trying. They were I, just I trying that's... to make something cool. They were trying to leave shit open, like the 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 the, the what would you call it? The space space pilot. What is it? What is it called? The the yeah that yeah the space pilot. The yeah. pilot that the, the, uh, the with a big body. Right with a big telescope in front of it. I don't think they had any fucking clue. Honestly, I, no, I, I think it not. was it was just it was just a cool fucking drawing sculpture that Geiger did. And it, it left a lot of mystery. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of modern movies. I think I think I think a lot of things nowadays have to be explained to the nth fucking degree. Otherwise, you know, someone on the internet will try to explain it to the nth fucking degree. Um I, I, I love this movie for all of the shit that it doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you who yeah. cre- it doesn't tell you who I mean, the chicken or the egg, right? What came yeah, first? Yeah. It doesn't tell you who created the eggs. It doesn't tell you who created the alien. It doesn't tell you any of that shit. And that, to me, is my problem with Prometheus and what, what was the the one that came out? Covenant, oh, Alien Covenant. Covenant yeah. we, we don't have to talk about any of that shit. But like that, to me, is like like trying to retrofit a story on something that you really you just did shit because you thought it was going to be cool. Um, yeah. it, was, it was cool. It left a lot of open-ended questions. Leave them alone. Don't answer them. It's okay. Well, you know the and and my difficulty with uh, and it's an interesting thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate to another science fiction film for a second or franchise. Um, 
One of the things that I think they handled well until they got to Prometheus um, was knowing what the movie was about, knowing mm-hmm. whose story they were telling. Oh, yeah. And yeah. As, as an example, you know, you look at the early Terminator. Okay, Terminator is not Arnold's story. It's no. Sarah Connor's yep. story, right? Yep. Yep. And then the second movie is a continuation of Sarah Connor's story. Right. Well, then they, they start making more Terminator movies and they lost sight of the fact that it was mm-hmm. Sarah Connor's story. So now they're just focused on Arnold. They're focused on the Terminator. They're focused mm-hmm. on John Connor. They're forgetting this whole time. So I don't think a proper sequel, I, like the third the third in the trilogy, um, when I think of the Terminator films now, I think of Terminator, Terminator 2, and this last one they did, Terminator Dark Fate, because mm. they brought Sarah Connor back and let mm. it be her story again. Interesting. I, I didn't... What I loved about Alien is that it's Ripley, and then it's Ripley, and then it's Ripley, and then it's a clone of Ripley. Right. And then they close that book. And then they start doing, hey, what else can we do with this uh, right. franchise? And IP. Just again, again, yeah, IP. Just a money grab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't even watch that last Terminator movie, to be honest. I, I, should, it's I good. should I check it out? I'll check it out. Oh, yes. I'll check it out. Yes. I, okay. I, I highly recommend it. It's. I mean, it's. It's. Right. I think it's better than any of the sequels that came after Terminator I'm 2. Sh- I mean, it has to be. That bar is yeah. really low. So Really low. But arguably, Terminator 2 is one of the best... It's one of yes, the best it, sequels um, ever made. Yes. Yeah. And it, so it's, I, it's be arguably it's arguably better than the first movie. Oh, I, I think it's way better. <laughs> I, mean, I actually think it's a it, lot I better. Think it, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But what's really nice about Dark Fate is it's it's Linda Hamilton, you know, thirty years later, and you know, she's an old lady, but she's right. still they, they they really followed the path. What would this Sarah Connor from Terminator Two what would she be like 30 years later? And sure. she's still fighting Terminators, and she's still, you know, and and it's really smartly done. Um, it well, does give an opportunity for, for uh, Schwarzenegger to play a little bit more sensitive version mm-hmm. of the Terminator, and mm-hmm. they've got the new, the new Terminators are pretty cool, and the special effects are nice, and the conclusion is a quite, it's a nice open-ended one, but it mm-hmm. doesn't, involve John Connor and all the time travel. It's now, it goes back to her. At the end of Terminator 2, she's looking at the highway and she says, now I see the highway and I don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. And this is, she, she, now it's, she knows what's coming, but she now knows how to handle it. What I, think a, is, I just think it's a really good movie. I think it's a very good movie. What I think is cool about a lot of the movies that we've been talking about is like, the, and I, I think this is going to go forward as far as I can tell, but... The writing of these movies mm-hmm. is amazing, right? Yeah. Like you cannot, you cannot make a movie without the blueprint that is the screenplay, right? As much as the it's going to be the idea, as the much idea as this, as, as much as as much yeah. as the dialogue might change during filming or you know in 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 post or uh, uh, pre production, um, as much as as the editing and the way you rejigger the story in post-production, you have to have that blueprint. If it's not on the page, it's not on the stage, right? Yeah, so, nobody, yeah nobody's going to spend the amount of money that it takes to, and, and the amount of time it takes to actually make a major motion picture 
without a really solid. I mean, I, I I say that out loud, and then I suddenly think of the the Wachowskis Jupiter ascending. I go, okay. On the other hand, maybe you do never get a really seen it. shitty. Never oh, seen it. I, I, well, look, but then you're so talking. Well, but but so then you're bad. but then you're. Is it the same studio that released the Matrix? I don't know. Okay. It probably is, but then you're talking about the studio giving these. Oh well, you you gave us the Matrix movies and made us a billion fucking ten billion dollars. Do whatever yeah, you want. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. And then it's like sometimes. You, well, here's what yeah. happens when you do whatever you want. Which well, sometimes again, sometimes you get you get Jupiter ascending, and sometimes you get Magnolia, and sometimes yeah, you get like, pennies from heaven. You swing for the fucking fences, man. Like I love fences. it. I love it. Now one of the, one of the reasons I wanted to pick this, and I, I, I did want to pick this, is that, oh. uh, and I don't think it's a highly debatable point. I think most people that uh, are are fans of cinema will probably agree with this, is this is arguably the very first time um, we have a, a, a woman protagonist who has no, and, and this, this the reason I, 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 let me set it up, is that who has... None of the trappings that we associate with a stereotypical female protagonist. She doesn't bawl. She doesn't lose her shit. She doesn't go into hysterics. Nope. I mean, nope. she is fucking focused. Now, interestingly enough, the character of Ripley was originally scripted to be a dude. And oh, one I, of the producers... Well... Suggested okay, that they could change all the rules. Well, this is the—I don't know if this is. I mean, I obviously wasn't there, but basically, one of the producers suggested they could change all the rules of science fiction films by making her, their hero, a woman. And mm. Weaver, Weaver, this was only her second film. Was She'd been in a night a nineteen seventy seven film, Madman, which was n not even notable, and she was not even in a big role. Wow. So this, you know, so this, and, and what I think is interesting is, without the character of Ellen Ripley, you don't there. It it changed people's perception of. Uh, I think it's as significant in its own way as like Black Panther, or Get Out, where it's like, oh, we can't make a movie with a whole an all black cast because nobody will come and watch it, and then they make it, and it's billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. At that time, in 1976, 78, whatever, they had not taken and said, let's have this action-y film, and we're going to have... I mean, even Laurie Strode in the Halloween movies cries and screams and runs... And Ripley does none of that. She is dispassionate. She is focused. She's in charge. She didn't fuck around. And I think that is, I think it's a remarkable achievement. And I think in terms of it influencing what we've seen come after, it, it can't be, I don't even think it can be measured. Sure. I, uh, you know, I mean, in my research, it just, I, I've read that the crew was written as unisex. Um, you know, oh, in that's interesting. You know, I mean, in developing the story, O'Bannon focused on writing the alien first, putting off developing the other characters. They had written the roles generically. They made a note in the yeah. script. That, they made a note in the script that explicitly states the crew is unisex and all parts are interchangeable for men or women. Which I think is is it, it it's could, something that we're missing in even today. We oh, are yeah. missing some of that. Well, perspective, and I think that's probably the strength of Ripley is that she does not, 
And it's not like she's not very feminine, and it's not like she's not a 100% woman. It's that she is not uh, saddled with the preconceived notions of what women do in, film. in those kinds of it, in well, film specifically in those situations, in film. Yeah. but in, but yeah. specifically in film. Yeah, and I think that's brilliant. Oh, it's amazing. Um, one of the other things, one of the other things I read that I thought I think this is I think this is fascinating to me is the ending because she obviously wins. She kills mm -hmm. the alien. She mm -hmm. destroys the alien. She she does the little. Uh, actually, I heard that uh, the reason she got the role. It was between her and Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and she got the role because of this last monologue where she mm -hmm. kind of sets up, this is what just happened. But anyway, what it said was that the movie was originally scripted to end with Ripley escaping the Nostromo and her shuttle and the alien dying on board. But uh, he thought, Ridley Scott thought that ending, what you saw, was just too simplistic. So he wanted an additional half a million dollar budget in a week to filming a fourth act of the movie showing how the alien had stowed away aboard the shuttle, envisioned a very dark ending where Ripley tries to flush the alien out, but the creature climbs back into the shuttle. She harpoons it, but it makes no difference. It runs towards her, slams through her mask, rips her head off, and then it would sit in her chair and start mimicking Captain Dallas's voice, Tom Skerritt, saying, I'm oh, signing off. Hopefully the network will pick me up. Wow. And then 20th Century Fox just said, fuck off. Uh, we're not we're not doing that. You have you have to let her win. And, the and later, yeah, and the later movie. Scott, had, yeah, later Scott admitted that he that allowing Ripley to live was the better ending. And yeah. truth be told, it would not have spawned another one of the best sequels ever made. Aliens. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean it's just that that movie. We, I don't even want to talk about. Let's let's yeah, end, let's end it right, end it right there because we will talk yeah. about that fucking movie because it's amazing. So let's end it's it right amazing. there. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, so I the, think the character of Ripley is just extraordinary and, and unprecedented in film up to that point. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. I, you know, I can't, I can't think of a female protagonist prior to this movie that kicks that much ass. Um, if you, I mean, not even the fact that she ends up being the sole survivor and killing the alien at the end of the movie. She was the one that didn't want the alien in the fucking ship in the first place. Oh yeah, she, she, she was willing to shut it down and let her, parts of her hours, crew yeah. go to just not let this fucking parasite into the movie or into the ship, right? And that's another thing about the movie that I love is is this. Uh, you know, I'm a new parent, so like this, 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 this psychosexual alien parasite fucking taking over everything in your life you know sneaking into the ship taking over everything like i i i i think that's and even before i was a parent uh, just i think that's an amazing subtext to this movie all of the um uh invasive sexual undertones to this movie you know it's mm -hmm. in it's in geiger's geiger 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 Geiger, Geiger. Geiger, I think yeah. it's Geiger. It's it's in all of his designs. You know, uh, the, the, mm -hmm. the tunnels look like fallopian tubes, and it just everything looks. What is it called? Biomechanical is the word I think he used. Right, like everything looks just alien, but somehow familiar, and it's like it's really fucking creepy. You know, the fact that the, the, the face hugger, the way they get to you is 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 it, it basically inseminating out of a face. Right? Yeah, out of like, an egg. Out of an yeah, egg. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, 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 you know and I think I think there was something I read where where 
Dan O'Bannon was was very clear in what he was writing in terms of like he wanted to hit all of those fears. He wanted to hit the the he wanted to hit men with with the the kind of just like being raped and like what does that feel like to be to be inseminated and be taken advantage of. Um, oh, he, John he, Hurt. He God, God yeah, yeah. damn. Yeah, I, I just like the it, 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 the scene. I mean, and that's the thing. It's I, again, I go back watching it again in my mind. The the chest bursting scene is oh, this yeah. like this huge set piece, and it only it's about maybe a minute long. Right. It's maybe a minute long, but what really gets it, and this I I think this is one of O'Bannon's brilliance, and I think Scott knew how to play the game. Is that it's all this setup where they're just hanging out, sitting around. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have. There's a scene in the first thirty minutes before he gets inseminated by the the alien, where they're just eating and talking mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing, and there's absolutely no action to it, and it's all set up for the second time we see them sitting around bullshitting and eating, and then and the first thing that I'm going to do when I get back is to get some decent food. You can dig it, man. I'm telling you, I'm eating birds food. Then I'm tasting better, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you pound down the stuff like this. Uh-huh. I'd rather be eating something else, but uh, right now I'm digging food. Uh, you just know you know what it's made of. No, man. I don't want to talk about what it's made of. I'm eating this. What's the matter? The food ain't that bad, baby. Eat your patron. He blows it out. One of the things I thought was very funny is uh, is I like Sigourney Weaver. Is that basically they said that he kind of kept it a secret that this was going to happen, so we can get a, a, a you know a, 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 like real authentic horror from their faces. And Sigourney Weaver said all it said in the script was the thing emerges. Everyone was wearing raincoats, presumably referring <laughs> to the crew. We should have been a little suspicious. Sure. But it just it's so fast. It well, and if you watch takes... if you watch the scenes where where is it uh it's it's uh, what is the what is the 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 robot's name? The Spoiler alert. Ash. The, Ash. You're talking about Not, Ash. Yeah. I was think I had Bishop stuck in my head obviously. Um if you wa- he doesn't eat anything. 
Have they're, drinks milk. They're, they're all eating. Yeah, he's he's drinking like Soylent. He's drinking. What is drinking, that? Is that like called milk. Soylent? Yeah, 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 yeah. Soylent. Yeah, that's yeah. He, he, yeah. He, yeah. The whole time, but at the what's brilliant about that is you don't know. No, you have no idea. Yeah, that yeah, that's, yeah. That that's yeah. that that technology hadn't even been introduced again, which is why and like that's I, extraordinary. which is why you know speaking going to die hard. Like so, you can rewatch the movie right, and you pick these things up. And now, yeah. you're, now when you rewatch it, you're like, oh, shit, he didn't, oh, yeah, yeah. we should have known, we should have known. And that's what's, that, again, I like to watch, we like to watch. Like, that's what's so fucking cool about a lot of these movies, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not just a one and done piece of bubble gum, right? Like, yeah, this we, is serious you, you filmmaking go back, with you, a real thought. Yeah, you enjoy it the first time, you go back, you re-enjoy it, and there's all these layers to it that are just, just really fucking brilliant. So I, this right, is a solid. Gonna, play. Gonna, Love yeah, this movie. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it's a great movie. Now, one of the things, and, and we talked about this, and so I just want to I just want to get because I didn't even think about it, but I you know I listened to our podcast because I edit them so often. I mean that's what I do is I edit them. <laughs> sure. um, but one of the things one of the things that you brought up when we were talking about uh, pennies from heaven hmm. was that uh, you know personal opinion decided whether it's anti women or not. Yeah, no, no. Um, well, yeah, one of the things that you said was that it was. Written, directed, produced by white men. Mm-hmm. So of course, so of course, the assumption is they're going to shit all over the women. However, this is a movie written, directed, and produced by white men, and they created right Ellen Ripley, but which again, is by far one of the most like, prototypical yeah. feminist icons in history. So what's the difference? The difference is, like I just said, probably I don't know what a couple minutes ago. They didn't write these characters as men or women. They just wrote un- Dan O'Bannon just wrote unisex characters. Yeah, but my That's point it. is, my point is, if if the argument is white men can only write stereotypical women in shitty movies about women that get kind of crapped on, well, because look, you must, don't... because you must have a woman director, or you do not have a pro woman. Experience. I know. I know. What I'm saying because is, this is a very pro woman movie. It's yeah. it, it's a prototypical pro pro woman movie, yeah. and it was written and directed sure. and produced by a bunch of white men. And so my point, I'm, well, I don't even think I have a point. I'm just curious <laughs> what the difference between those two think, are in your mind. I, in my mind, I think Sigourney Weaver is a fucking badass human being. Period. I think what she brought to this movie was more than what they were expecting. Um, I think that the fact that it was written as unisex and the fa- it, it, it's just a story about people trying to survive on a spaceship with a alien on board. Like, that's all that needs to happen, right? So the fact that it was unisex l- led us to not have to have a woman in peril that needed to be saved by the Prince Charming, right? There, there, there were no love stories in this movie because it was written as unisex, right? Actually, so actually, that's that that's wrong because there were there were two scenes uh, that did sexualize Ripley that oh. were cut from the script. Oh, one okay. was she and she and Tom Skerritt, the character of Ripley and mm-hmm. and Dallas. Dallas. There's a there's a there's a scene of them fucking. Okay. That got cut. Okay. That got cut. And there is a scene apparently, and I I this I'm just taking this from Ridley Scott's word, 
Um, but I don't know if I'd have ever seen it or if it could be seen, but there's a scene where basically the xenomorph is watching Aaron, Ellen Ripley in the shower and starts touching himself or itself. Oh, okay. well, that's and they it. went, yeah, we're not, we're not going there. So well, the thing about it, it is, I, I, the thing about it is I understand the idea that they were written as unisex, but ultimately they were not unisex. Look, look and, ultimately and, it, it, and, it's... And, and it's not fair, hold on, it's not yeah. fair to, let's go to pennies from heaven, mm-hmm. because the argument that, well, it was written by men and it was directed by men look. and it was produced by men, but Sigourney Weaver was so good that men couldn't destroy it, it really is here, a here, shit in the eye of Bernadette Peters here, to say that, oh, well, it's just because she just wasn't good enough? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> here's the thing. I, 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 I think my pennies from heaven is a, is a very weak argument. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to get better at this. Yeah. I, I, I will say that. I will say that. I will say that, yes, Sigourney Weaver's a fucking badass, like I sure. just said multiple times. I don't know that it's not just good fucking filmmaking. And I think that's my problem. And I had problems with Pennies from Heaven beyond all of the other, beyond the the anti-feminist shit. Like, I had other fucking problems with that filmmaking. So I will say, I don't give a fuck that it's all white dudes who made this movie. It's a better fucking movie because they, not a better movie than Pennies from Heaven, but it's a better well, no, movie. No, I would argue it's, it's a, better, a better movie. It's a better. It's a, better, it's a well. Yeah, okay. But it's a better movie than those two scenes that you just talked about being cut. It's a better I movie. I absolutely agree. They don't fucking need it. So that just shows that it's good filmmaking. Now, were those scenes actually shot? They were scripted, and that's fine. But like the, I, the like Dallas we talked Ripley about early on, was shot. Was shot. And okay. Cut. I, okay. I don't. I don't know if the xenomorph touching himself was. Yeah, shot that's or weird. Not. I just that's that weird. Ridley Scott talked about the scene and sure. said we didn't put it in the movie. Sure. So, so, I that so, was so, so, kudos to all of the filmmakers. I don't care if it was Ridley. I'm, I'm sure it was Ridley Scott's decision, but I don't care whose decision it was. Kudos to them because it's a. This is a better movie without that shit in it. We don't need it. We don't need it. The most we get, the most sexualized version we get. Is her is 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 Sigourney Weaver, Ellen Ripley, in her panties at the end of the movie, right? Getting into yeah, and then, getting into and the spacesuit, right? And then you like, get plumber's and crack. even that, you get even plumber's that crack is not really good. Yeah, looking. it's not fucking sexy, sexy. It's, no, it's, it's not about there, being sexy. You know. It's just about no, changing clothes. Just doing a fucking and thing, so, right? She, to your to your point, and this is a, I think I, I I don't know if you'll agree with me, but what I take away from because this is my perspective is you said that. Who you know the white guys? White guys making it all this kind of. It doesn't matter. It's a great movie. I would say that across the board, white guys making movie doesn't matter. Is it a good movie or a bad movie? And and it goes to the heart of sort of the modern discourse that I I don't agree that impact is more important than intent. Mm. But I think impact is as is equally as important as intent. And if the impact is this is a really good movie with a strong feminist character, um, whether the character is the hero or not, it's a really round, full, deep human movie with characters that are believable and fully realized, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any difference 
what the intent of the movie was, and it doesn't make any difference who made the movie as long as well, the impact, the end result is an excellent film that tells a great story. That's the point. Well, let's be really honest here. Like, you know, you and I, and I'm sure there's uh, hopefully people who listen um, who do the deep dives and want to know who, who, like, who is the cast, who are the producers, who are the writers, who's the director, like, what else have they done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Most, yeah. most people including a lot of my family, right? I'm sure a lot of other people's family. Most people watch things, think about them, and have an opinion, and then that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think impact, that based on what you you just said, I think impact is probably the most important thing. To me, I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about like just the general movie going movie watching tv watching audience right just consumers of shit impact is probably the most important what does it say how does it say it why does it say it right like i, I think i would I, I i don't know if i think it's more important but i think it's as as important i think it's as is essential that's right that's i think it i think intent should, should should i think intent should be the most important thing as an artist right but as somebody who's just making Coca-Cola or someone who's just making Taco Bell or someone who's just making Pizza Hut, right? Like our job is not to make the best fucking pizza. Our job is to, it's to make, the most make, money. The, make the pizza and get the pizza to the consumer. Thank you for your money, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's it. And and arguably there, and you could argue, and I know this is one of your issues when it comes to uh, the MCU. Marvel, is yeah. that. that that probably there are definitely some people that are a part of making those films, and I'd say a lot of people. In fact, their intent is dumb it down and give us the simplest movie as we can. Yeah. On the other hand, and I won't argue this for every MCU movie because there's some of them that are just kind of they. I mean, they're fun, but who gives a shit? But there are some. I know for me, there are some. Uh, MCU movies. I, I'm, I'm currently watching uh, the Book of Boba Fett, you know, and this is just Boba. The Book of Boba Fett is literally a cash grab for Disney. However, I've watched one episode, and I'm like, the impact. The, see, the thing is, we I didn't want to watch it. Dana and I watched all five of them last night. Wow! And now we can't wait for more because it's a good story. It's a character that I sure. like. Eric Wilson. Sure. Eric Wilson's joke was. Eric yeah. Wilson's joke was, "You like Boba Fett because you are Boba Fett." I went, oh, <laughs> "All right, I'll take that." I'm a I'm a 56 year old man who used to be a bounty hunter. Sure, <laughs> that's fair. What's the last bounty you got? Come on, yeah, no shit, right? Uh, man. All right, so, no look, uh, and the production so what, value. Oh, look, look, the production value of that shit is 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 uh, it, it, it's outstanding, Uncanny. right? You talk yeah. about the MCU. You want to talk about the fucking Lucasfilm, the Star Wars show. The production value, and I don't care how much of it is green screen or not. Like that doesn't matter to me. It, it yeah, looks yeah. amazing. It's brilliant. Like it looks fucking. And awesome. sometimes, and sometimes there is an emotional core to the characters that actually Some resonates. Fucking, yeah, but you gotta dig. I you you gotta dig through I don't think so much dig. other bullshit for you. Oh. For you. Well, hold on. You. Read the Guardians com- of the Galaxy you, you is read so the comics. Start to- you read the comics. You have an into those things. Okay, so that's going to be the biggest difference. We're going to we're going to battle about this, listeners. We are going to battle about this the entire fucking. This is going to be for years. You. Yeah, but like, 
you you have an in with the comics okay that's what led you into this world it's the same thing with the star wars people we had the first three fucking movies that set up the universe it led us into these movies for some people fucking alien aliens set them up to enjoy prometheus and covenant i fucking can't stand those two fucking new movies they're horrible they're just horrible. I don't think they're very good. Like they're Mike fucking terrible. I, I, I will pit fucking <laughs> David Fincher's shitty version, shitty studio edited fucking cut without his fucking permission, Alien 3 over any I of love those Alien new fucking movies. I, I, I dig it. Oh, I it's, love, it's, Alien. I love smacks, Alien 3. It smacks with atmosphere. Oh, it's a fucking oh, it's so dope. Dope fucking setup of her getting stranded on this prison planet with all fucking oh, men. She's brilliant. got to shave her head. They all have shaved heads. I fucking love. I love that. It's movie. brilliant. I think it's, it's really brilliant. fucking good. Um, but so you had an in, right? And and most people with most stories, like there is no in. And for me with the MCU, there is no fucking in. I just want to watch the movie. I understand that there's this character that and, exists, and, and, and let's I, see and what my, that story is going to be. And, and most I of them are shitty. My, well, I don't think they're shitty. I think uh, they may not tell the story you want them to tell. I think you have a bias where you can't get past that stuff. Because I'll give you a perfect example. Dana has no in. Uh -huh. Dana never read comics. She didn't read superhero comics. She thinks it's all a bunch of bullshit. Okay. I mean, she thinks it's bullshit. Sure. And one of the first <laughs> movies that she and I went and saw together... And the theater was Guardians of the Galaxy. And she did not want to go see it. She was really upset that we were going to go see a superhero movie. She's like, mm. this is bullshit. And she said, where did these guys come from? I said, it's a, I said, I read the comic when not everybody did. She walked out of there. She loved it start to finish. She felt a great deal of great storytelling from a character that wasn't even human and another character that wasn't even human brought so, out a great deal of emotional core for her. She loved it. I so agree. You don't have to have an end. No, 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 you don't have to have no, an end. Can, can I, can it's I, just going to be a good story. Can I ask a, a stupid question? Um, Always. Was the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy in the comic book? No. There you go. So that's an in for people, and that's really smart filmmaking. It's really and, and, smart and, filmmaking. And it's a good film. And God bless really him. No, 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 no. I agree. That is one of the MCU movies that I'm like, that's the, yeah, that movie is fucking really, that was really entertaining. Yeah. I really got it. The subsequent ones, uh, go fuck themselves. You look for the person who will benefit and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, I am the walrus. You know, you'll. Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say. I am the walrus. Uh, that fucking bitch. Oh yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex shut the fuck up, Donnie. The I Lennon, Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. What four <laughs> films do we think were inspired or like direct lineage were inspired <sighs> by Alien? You want to go first? You want me to I go mean, first? dude, you could go so many with this. Right, like you could. Oh go yeah, well, it's, so it's, many it's almost, with this. Yeah, it it's was endless. I had to stupid. Pick, what I you had could to do pick, with this? Yeah, I picked. I picked one that was uh, that was sort of like the scary alien thing that that kind of really borrowed from that, and one that was the really strong, um, very competent uh, female protagonist. What so my I, first, I'll just. Where are mine? I'll just do. I don't even know where mine are. Oh, they're on the. They're on there. They're on the phone. They're not on my. Oh shit. All right. Well, I will tell you what yours are. Yeah, no, mine, I know what mine, I know mine. what one of them is for sure. But go ahead. All right, my first one is 1987's 
Predator. Oh, hell um, yeah. And it, yeah, and, and, you know, and Predator makes so much sense because it is, again, now it's on Earth, it's in a jungle, it is an alien that is, you know, omnipresent, that can't be killed, that is, you know, just amazing and scary, it's a bunch of fucking dudes, it is, and it's also, although not everybody would think it's very funny, I think Predator is one of the funniest Oh, anti-toxic, anti-toxic yes. masculinity yes. movies ever. Yes. You've got all these prototypical okay. like dudes just getting taken out one yep. by one yep. by this fucking creature. Yeah, it's it's a. I think it's a now, really fun movie. But again, we talked about this. We talked about this with Penny yeah. from Heaven. Looking at it through the lens of today, right? Like at the oh, time, shit, at yeah. the at the time, it was like all oh, these badass motherfuckers. Like oh shit, what was that moment where um. He's like, uh, it's it, it, Dutch. It's a, it's a, it's a Schwarzenegger as I think his name is Dutch, and then Carl, yeah, Weathers, and Carl Weathers, and they meet each other for the first time. They know each other. Yeah. They haven't seen each other for years, and they do that fucking, fucking. They do that hand thing, yeah. and then they like do like they do like an air fucking arm it's like wrestle. They almost kissed. What the yeah, fuck? It's almost like they smooched. Dude, guys, yeah, just yeah. just find a fucking. Bad and fuck. Like it's, it's so well. That's what's hilarious. so funny about it. And they're all such, <laughs> they're all such dudes. They're all such uh, alpha male dude assholes no. that it makes it really fun to watch them get picked off. And have you read about the making of that movie? Because like mm-hmm. those fuckers, some of those fuckers would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go work out with each other. Oh yeah. And then there were other ones who didn't want the other ones to know that they were working out, so they would go work out in secret. At some other fucking time. Oh, that's so And funny. it's like all of them were doing this fucking machismo shit. We're like, no, no, no. I, I, I was just born this way, man. I was just born this way. Yeah. Like, this, this is just steroid, me waking up. In the, I just steroid, I wake up like yeah. this. What are you talking about? It's like fucking unbelievable, that movie. I love that movie, though. That is a... It's fun. We, we it's will fun. talk about that movie. And it's, it's definitely, so good. It's, so it's good. definitely influenced by Alien. All right, so what's oh, yours 100%. that you can remember? Uh, the, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. 100%. And 1982. Yeah, 1982, just, yeah, absolutely. Just, again, you talk about an isolated situation where some foreign entity, a parasite, quote-unquote, comes in and tries to take over. I mean, that's alien. That's it. That's it. That's I mean, the movie. That's, that's the it. story. I love it. I love it. And we will talk yeah. about that movie at some yeah, point the down thing, the line. The Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, um, yeah. It has Dude. a lot of... Has a lot of uh, sort of real philosophy behind it. Yeah, that's really yeah. fascinating to watch. And interestingly enough, and I, and I'm just going to bring this up because I also think it's interesting. Again, looking at these movies, you know, in, from 2022, mm-hmm. it's interesting to me. And I don't probably, I don't. I mean, I I have no idea if this is part of the influence, but Alien featured uh, as one of the main characters um, a black man. Who is super intelligent? Who is is there? He's competent. You know, it's like it's not a stereotyped black man. Yafak Koto. Yafak okay. Koto. Predator. Yeah. Predator has as a main character a black man, and the thing has as a main character a black man. I mean, too. I mean, and that got, is the Predator's got uh, Bill Duke and Carl Weathers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Carl so. Weathers is like the is like no, 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 no yeah, well, sure, 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 sure. But yeah. my, you know, I think that's interesting that uh, that 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 in 1982 and 1987, respectively, 
that that was also something that kind of got carried over from 1979 because up until that yeah. point you did you just didn't have that many unless it was like hey we've got a black man but they don't do that it's just like here's just it's just a dude just a I guy mean, in the movie I mean predator, just a character predator has a native a native american you know, native american movie, yeah and so right? it's like what you was know, his so name? sunny definite... sunny sunny landum sunny landum okay all right. You know, yeah. was the, he's the guy who just think that's cool. takes the machete and crosses it. Every, you know, just, uh, fucking yeah. badass, man. I mean, it's very cool. Yeah, we will, we cool. will go through those movies. Um, what was yours? My second one. Yeah, yeah. Second one is 2018's Annihilation. Um, right. This is Natalie Portman. Right. And, right. And again, it's a very different story. But what I like about it in terms of, because you would not have this story told this way. From the perspective, because again, what is fascinating about this movie is, again, it's an alien presence on Mm -hmm. the planet now. Mm -hmm. You have to go into the alien planet Mm -hmm. presence Mm -hmm. on Earth. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, it's fucking her brain up. It's invading her mind. But if this movie, if Annihilation had been made before Alien... Like the same concept. Impossible. Well, no, it'd still be made, but it would be a guy... Who lost his wife? Uh, Very yeah, much like what's been... the famous, what's the Sorry. famous Russian movie? The famous Russian movie that uh, suspe- No, it's not. Uh, it's he's on a spaceship. He keeps believing his his wife is dead, but he keeps having conversations with her. It is starts with an S. Soderbergh made a version of it with Clooney. Solaris. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what I've never Solaris seen either is. version actually. Well, but, okay. I think yeah. I'll be honest with you. The Russian one is actually it's super long, but it's really good. I'm but sure I think it's good. Yeah. Solaris, because I didn't thought about this until we were talking about it. But Solaris is basically Annihilation, but without a female protagonist. Annihilation mm-hmm. says we're going to have the woman be the one searching for her missing husband. All right, so it is time for some uh, some coming attractions. Um, we're going to play mine first, and uh, and then we will talk about it, and then we will play yours. Word. Awesome. Here it is. Here's mine. Here we go. Kimmy? I'm here. What time is it? It's 7.26 a.m. Kimmy? I'm here. Oh, Dr. Burns. I got her. What do you want from me? Kimmy? I'm here. Why don't you run from me? Call Darius. Hey, hotness! Wow. What are you wondering? What do you know? Closure files come to my office. We'll listen to the recordings together. Miss Childs, I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. How do I know that? Because I just told you. That's right. Kimmy, it's Steven Soderbergh, it's Zoe Kravitz. It seems to be an updated version of Rear Window starring Alexa. Or what was the one? Frantic. Yeah. With, you um, know, the, with, with, with Harrison, with Harrison Ford. Ford, right? It's got a yeah. little of that going on, and it's, or blowout. You know, I mean, it's sure. like I recorded this thing, I recorded That's a crime. That's really cool. I mean, you also got to throw out, you also got to throw out, uh, David Kep as the, yep. the screenwriter, right? Like, I mean, he's done some yep. really cool shit. I thought Soderbergh retired. 
No. When, when, why would he retire? You can Google that. I think Soderbergh retired. I think he well, probably retired so many years. Apparently he didn't retire because this movie's you know, coming out soon. Bless. You know? Yeah. No, this looks... I, I didn't watch... You know, we send... Uh, just for the listeners, we send each other the, the... We have a little notes section that we share and we send each other the trailers... I try to not watch the trailers as much as I'm really fucking curious, because um, I want to be surprised. So yeah, yeah, this is this is really interesting. I never, I haven't, I don't know how I haven't heard of this. It's really interesting, and it looks on, really good. It'll be on HBO Max. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I've got it, it, looks, it, so I want to watch that. Holy it looks shit. really solid. Now, I, in, yeah. in, in deference to your setup. Um, I try not to watch either. I mean, mainly because I'm playing them uh, live here for the recording. Um, however, I I was thinking of changing mics. I really liked Kimmy, and I was like, ah. Oh, but then I saw a trailer uh, the other day that I went, or not even the other day, today, and I was like, oh no, no. oh fuck, that's <laughs> got to be the one that I got to do instead. But then I went, all right, let me check, because that's the thing. We might pick the same trailer. Sure, There's always sure. that possibility. Sure. Well. I kept Kimmy because my oh my god I got to do this. Well, you picked it. Oh, sweet! Oh and wow! Here is okay. your trailer. Yeah. Awesome! Right on. Foo Fighters, you gotta get me a record. It's our tenth album. We gotta break the mold on this one. Let's out. Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of death? Whoa. Doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, that's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. All right, all right, you guys. Amps, living room. Let me apologize in advance for all the rock we're about to make. Got a couple of ideas I've been working on. I'll lay them on you. called Everlong, and you wrote it about 20 years ago. Here you go, man. Finish the song. You did. Studio 666. Six, oh, that man. is just... I saw that and I went, oh, I, want, I can't wait to see that movie. It looks awesome. I love horror... I, I love horror movies, period. Horror comedies are like they're, they're like a special fun. they're like a fucking special little I don't even I don't even like donuts. I I'm trying to think of like a special little treat that's just like delicious and awesome. Um yeah, they're it's just it, it, horror it's and like, comedy it's bringing like, it's it together. It's like the best it's hot fun. pocket ever made. Yeah. I hate hot pockets, but that's oh, fair. So I, that's fair. I, that's you fair. Know. But no, but like um like Shaun of the Dead or Oh yeah. Or yeah. um what's another one? Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Not Evil, the first Evil Dead, Evil but the, yeah. well, the first one's a little a it's, little dark. It's kind of funny. You know, but um yeah, just it's just like a perfect combination of shit for me and the fact that like I don't know, man. I I was just watching Dave Grohl. Do you watch Jesus and Miru on uh Showtime? I, I they're do show, not. They're, those guys are fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, they had Dave Grohl on as a guest on one of their shows a while back. I'm catching up on episodes. Um, 
He seems like a really fucking good dude. Oh, he seems like, a, he seems like, seems like, a, really, like a really good dude. You know what he makes me think of? He seems to be like if if he were not a super talented rock star, he'd be a member of the Jackass team. Ah, uh, fair. Yeah, uh, fair enough. You know, because those sure, guys are just sure. such fucking cool idiots. Sure. They're funny. They're nice. Yeah. They're just fucking stupid. And yeah. They love to do what they do. There was a That's story. What, yeah. I, was, I was listening to a story. Did he write it? Was in an interview, I forget, but he was talking about how um, he's friend. He, his wife, and Paul McCartney's wife are like friends. Oh yeah, right? yeah, like good friends. Yeah. yeah. And so every time they come to Los Angeles, because Grohl lives in Los Angeles, every time the McCartneys come to Los Angeles, um, the wives fucking like are in touch. And so yeah. he's like, yeah, well, one night, like, she's like. Yeah, my wife is like, yeah, Paul McCartney's wife is coming over. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. All right, we're going to order some pizza. Oh, okay, cool. So, like, the Grohls and the McCartneys are just hanging out eating pizza. And at the end of the night, apparently one of David Grohl's daughters, I don't know how many kids he has, but whatever daughter he was talking about, had started taking piano lessons. So McCartney sits down at the piano with Dave Grohl's daughter and starts playing. And Dave Grohl was just like... Look, I, you know Nirvana and like Foo Fighters. Like I get, like I'm a rock star. I get it. But Paul McCartney is in my house, playing piano with my daughter in my house, and he's like, my mind. I just my mind was blown. Yeah, of course. And like listening yeah, to him, just the mind. way he told that story, I just like. This guy sounds like a real fucking dude, and I like this guy. I like. This and this guy. movie looks like, like the kind of movie oh, he would do. Yeah, it, looks I just looks, it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks. It looks. I so love it. Fun. I can't wait to All see right. it. I love it. So, what's on deck for two weeks from now? What's you on know, deck? honestly, I've, your I've, pick. It's I've your been, pick, man. I've been battling this, and it's so hard because, like, we, you know, we could do uh, a fucking million movies. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all the way back. Not all the way back, but I'm gonna go a little back a, further, a little than way the 80s. back, a little way back, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some like it hot. Oh wow! I haven't seen that movie in for freaking ever. I love that movie. That movie. Right. That movie I is really like a, seen that. That movie in is years. for me. That movie is one of the like. If you don't like this movie, we're not friends. Well, I hope I like it again. I, I hope you like it too, because this is going to be a difficult podcast. But I remember, yeah, I, I, I remember, I remember liking it. Uh, you know, a long, long time ago. Yeah, I mean, look, it's Billy Wilder, dude. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine you're not going to like it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I liked yeah. it the first time I saw it, but it, it has. Yeah. I really has been probably. Did you see it in the theaters? Thirty years. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> And that's the episode, everybody. <laughs>